Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Podcast Season 1 Rewatch. Today we're going to be going through Episode 5, Contrapasso, and talking about what we still like and what we don't like anymore. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So we actually meant to record this a month ago. Yeah, we did. And then it just like didn't work out for like one day. And then it hit December and December became difficult because, uh, you know, James is a, is a world traveler. So, But now we're back together in the same location. Yeah, we're in the same room. In my room, my my bedroom, the place where I record at 7 a.m. whenever we do record and the place where I sleep. And, you know, I'm not worried about remembering episode five since I've now seen it three times and it's one of the better episodes. So I, I know episode five like the back of my hand. Do you? Yeah. How about you? I know it really well. Okay. I read about it again this morning to remind myself about it because I was concerned I wouldn't know anything. But then I, I started reading it and I was like, oh, how could I forget Contrapasso? I also vividly remember editing the first episode five that Why? we went through. Because I edited it. Oh. Why wouldn't I why wouldn't I remember that? I don't know. I just block out editing things usually. <laughs> it's just a moment in time that kind of blurs by and at the end of it we have an episode. So episode five starts out with Dr. Ford in his subterranean robot lab talking to his old decrepit Yosemite Sam host, which he keeps down there, to tell him old stories and drink liquor with. Right, he looks exactly like if Yosemite Sam was your grandfather who you left at a retirement home and you go by and you and you bring them candies every now and again, but you really don't want to be talking to them. Robert Ford is there. He's talking to the man in the white hat. He says the saddest story I think you can come up with about... An old great, uh, old greyhound racing dog who spends its life running in circles and trying to catch a cat. And then one day it did catch the cat and it tore it to pieces with everybody looking at it like, why would you do that? And then, uh, you know, the dog didn't know what to do anymore because it, it caught the cat. And then it kind of just goes over the, the guy in the white hat's head. Yeah, he says, wow, that's a humdinger of a story. Now let's toast to the woman in the white shoes. Which I think would have been his response, no matter what Robert Ford had said between the last sentence and that one. But that strange story of the Greyhound is similar to the overall arc of season one, because the dog was taught to do violence, and then when he actually committed an act of violence, everyone was shocked, and the robots are taught to commit acts of violence, and eventually they do. Right, and they have once before, although... I guess, you know, you could argue that Arnold asked Dolores, like, really, really nicely if she would shoot him in the back of the head, and she was just, like, being a swell gal about it and really helping him out. But, like, that happened once, and then, I don't know if you remember at the end of this season, but it it seems to happen again. So this is the episode with Pariah, for those of you not paying close attention. Uh, Pariah is the outlaw town where Lawrence or El Lazo does his business and they want to enter into a storyline about these ex-confederate terrorists who are going to attack Union soldiers. Do you understand that, the storyline they're trying to do? No, not really. They're kind of just like 
we're here to see El Lazo or Lawrence in a setting that's not him being dragged around a desert by the man in black. We're here to see that Dolores is still getting out of her shell while she's entering Pariah. She does that thing again where she just like asks William if something's wrong about her just to kind of see if he's feeling her out yet. Because, you know, in her moments of clarity, you can see her eyes just like go dead and black and you're like, oh, I think she's coming more and more into sentience and she's just kind of checking if they're noticing. Pariah is pretty far from Sweetwater. A lot of new things can happen out here. And this little Easter egg that uh, William and Logan have found have led them here. And the Easter egg brings them to the Confederate whatever and has to do with tequila and uh, explosions, right? Yeah, Logan seems to know what's happening and he's really excited because there's like a war storyline he wants to do that he's never done. And it's supposed to be super hardcore. And when you're this far from Sweetwater, you can get your ass kicked and that's exciting. I mean, yeah. And we're basically watch Logan create what would end up being a really... Uh, old man who who hates everything and does really mean things to Dolores that we still don't know to this day what they are. So the man in black in the future is carrying around future Lars, and they've got Teddy, and it turns out Teddy's about to die. So the man in black, a little bit sad, he's like, well, sorry about this, Lawrence, but I need Teddy alive more, so I'm going to drain the blood out of you, which he proceeds to do. Right, which feels like he did a lot to, to he dragged this this robot around a lot just to do this eventually if he, if Lars really had feelings you would actually feel pretty bad for him then in the middle of this all happening like little Robert shows up just the little Robert robot being like hey hey what are you guys doing and the man in black's like just leave here and go go somewhere else while I drain Teddy Flo- no well drain Lars's blood and put it into Teddy so that he can help me on my quest. Yeah, the man in black is like, oh, I don't want this little robot boy to see this gratuitous act of violence, so... Yeah, he's saving him. He's very nice. And we don't actually know at this point in the story, it hasn't been revealed that that is the tiny robot replica of Robert Ford, but we all knew it at the time anyway. Right, when he when Robert Ford was talking to him, it was like, oh, he made, he made baby him? That's a little weird. Right on. Down in the labs, the two techs, Felix and Sylvester, are fixing up Maeve, and she jerks her arm around, and it spooks one tech, and the other tech teases him. Sylvester's like, Felix, you coward, stop being afraid of these robotic dead people. And then he is like, okay, I'm gonna go leave and do weird stuff in the VR machine. (laughs) Right. And Felix is like, when he leaves, it's great, because I'm gonna... I'm going to pet my weird dead mouse slash bird. Was it the mouse or a bird? I don't know which one. It was some a, a little tiny robot he'd really like to be alive. I like that, that Sylvester, in his free time, is having uh, fake intercourse with a VR machine. Because <laughs> it feels like if there's a world in the future where that's like a really prominent thing that's that's available... And there are just dudes who work in basements all day with robots that they can't have sex with. Because if they do, they get blackmailed by Elsie to do whatever she wants. That uh, there's only one way for them to do. It's basically like they're working on robots all day. And then they're in the VR machine for the rest of the time. They're alive and not awake. And not asleep. Right, but they live at a compound. So I wonder if it's like 
the dormitory's VR room, and you have to sign in when you're going to be there to use like, like the VR mean, porn machine, like because there's only one system yeah. where there are like nine showers, and in the middle of it, everyone's like, "Okay, guys, we got to start taking care of this place. We are treating it all very poorly." Yeah, we're going to have a, a mop system where everyone no. has to take one in with them, all right? Oh, that's gross. We go back to uh, to Lars is completely uh, drained, and, and Teddy is getting back up onto his feet. Young Robert comes back and sees Lawrence upside down. And I do you think that was Robert spying on them? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure he's got his hand in a lot of pies. But... Teddy doesn't want to go with the man in black because he doesn't trust him. He, he doesn't remember him and he doesn't like him, which hurts the man in black's feelings at first. And then he he totally tricks him. He's like, oh, but Wyatt's back and he's got Dolores. You've got to help me, Teddy. And Teddy's like, oh my god, you're right. I've got to help you. That's the one word you could have said that would have changed everything for me. Back in Pariah, Dolores is talking with William and they both talk about how they want to change their lives somehow. William slips up by saying, you know, back in the real world. Right. And Dolores is like, what do you mean the real world? Isn't this reality? I totally believe that. Right, and he's like, you're not supposed to know when I mess up like that. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I'm I'm the one, so I know, I, know, I notice every time. It's crazy that you keep messing it up. Dolores starts to trip out. She gets lost in a crowd. She sees herself, and when she tries to follow herself, she gets taken out by a tech. Yeah... And then it cuts to her, and she's now with Robert Ford. She was basically tricked to come back and talk to Robert Ford, because he wanted to talk to her in that moment. And he asks, they were talking about dreams, how they mean everything. Uh, he asks, have you been out of your loop? And she's like, nah, get out of here. Shut up. Shut up, Robert. You know me. Always in my loop. But after Ford leaves the room, I guess satisfied, he seems like he accepted what she said. She says to no one, don't worry, I didn't tell him anything. Yeah, she's just like straight up talking to the ghost of Arnold, like 100%. Right? But, like, ghost Arnold. But ghost in the shell, though. It's, it's, we don't think it's like a real paranormal ghost. It's just like kind of inside her at this point and, and gnawing at her. All right, so now this is when the trio meet Lars in the past. So this is supposed to be a big trick where it's like, oh, Lawrence just died with the man in black, and so now he's been revived in Pariah. No, that's a distraction. It's just two different timelines. Right, and Dolores gets an outfit change, like she just went up a level in the game, and now that and now she gets a cool outfit, not just the maiden outfit. She's she's a cool girl now. Yeah, we get to see again how this is just like a, a MMO or a game. They meet Lawrence. Lawrence is like, yeah, I'll introduce you to the war... Plotline if you do a little fetch quest for me. Right, and like Dolores is actually the one who who tips Lawrence the scales into them actually doing it. Dolores kind of like takes over the situation when she believes that Logan and, and William just like don't have it to close the deal. She's like, okay, let me let me sell it, idiots. Next up is a kind of a weird scene where they do the mission and they hold up the wagon and they get and they get the nitroglycerin inside, which was the point of their fetch quest. In the shootout, William is forced to kill an innocent soldier, which is like, fine, whatever. No one seems to make a big deal out of it. Until Logan starts freaking out like it's the greatest thing that ever happened. And I'm like, damn, Logan, chill. 
You're right. making you're making it weird. Yeah, and he and William killed it killed that guy to save Dolores. Logan stands up and he's so proud of his friend. Uh, but Slim, it seems, did not make it through the battle. And I, I, I wrote this down specifically, like, that I did not like Logan the first time around all that much. It was a, it was the same way for Logan and for Maeve. They were both annoying to me the first time around. And then the second time around, I like both of them more. And Maeve a lot more. And Logan, I just, I will feel, I'll feel more feelings when he rides off into the sunset on a horse naked. Like, when he did that the first time, I was like, oh, that's fun. I'm glad he's getting his comeuppance. This time, this time I actually like him, and I want to know what happens on his horse adventure. They finish up their quest. They bring the they bring the item back to Lawrence. And he's like, okay, now you can move on to the next mission, which is the war storyline. But first, come to my crazy brothel and have sex with my gold-painted women. Right, let's... I need I need to stall for an evening, so everybody just kind of go into a holding pattern with these prostitutes. Please and thank you. Okay, goodbye. Back in the labs, we get a nice scene with Elsie, and she's working on a robot with a huge, like, dong right next to her face. So, uh, a little inside info. So, J- James is going back and forth between his phone, which is the plot and what he would be re- usually reading, but he's seeing what I wrote in front of him, which are not normal notes that you you don't see it, but he know he says the things about the episode, so I don't ever have to know the things about the episode. All I have to know is like what my stupid thing I'm gonna yell after he says it is. And it says in all capital letters, Elsie gets to see some huge dong, dong alert. Oh, and she wants oh to you think it. you're the only one. Well take a look at my notes. What did you write? Uh where is this? At the she- top. Dong watch. Okay, it's it caps, is. A, yeah. It is in all caps. So I guess we're both there. We're, we're both in, kind of on the same page. But yeah, she's she's hanging out there. Um, and he can't even pour water, so she's like, "Yo, you, you, you suck." Uh, which would be it's a bummer that you can't even pour water because you would do great out in the world or with me, maybe. Longtime listeners will remember that Ryan and I were running the Dong Watch 2016, which was basically. HBO has been known for its devotion to the female form, but hardly any ever dongs. Right. So you know a lot of money is being spent if you see a dong on screen, like yeah. in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, this is a large budget if they finally entered the realm of putting men naked on TV. So we were counting it, and I don't remember the final count, but I remember we got some good feedback. Everybody seemed to like the dong watch sure. joke, except one guy yeah. who wrote in... Do you remember? Yeah, he didn't like it. And he was like, guys, I love your show, but can you stop the dong watch? It's fine if you see a dong, but you don't have to count it. Okay. Number one, of course we do. Of course we have to count them. I think think it has a strong message attached to it. It's just like there's something something about the counting that he doesn't like. (laughs) Like, okay, well... Well, we'll just if for him, we'll just keep track of it and maybe assign Roman numerals. I don't know. Right. We won't. We won't put it in the recording, but you know, at the image for every SoundCloud update, we'll now that, put in the corner of the of the image. You know, yeah. Five dogs. I have an six, and six I have dogs. an I have an Excel file that really breaks it down. If you guys want me to post it, so. So yeah, like we said uh, an hour ago, she's working on the dong, and. Two techs come by with a stretcher, and she wants to examine that particular host, 
and she's not allowed to, so she goes and blackmails pervy necro guy. Yeah. So she walks down to behavior, and she kind of looks in on El- on Sylvester and Felix, and they kind of go to themselves like, is she from behavior? She should not be coming in here for a little bit. They think it's about Felix and his little side project. But instead, she goes across the way and brings up a camera footage of one of the other techs who was, like, banging one of the robots. She blackmails him to be able to look at the, uh, the what is it, the bearded robot who was trying to get out, right? It's who she wants to look at, um, who, was trying to, who was trying to get to the top of the mountain. Keen-eyed viewers will notice that this creepy, pervy necro host banger is the same one who is later killed by Hector when he tries to sexually assault a deactivated Hector. I want to be a necro host banger. That right. sounds fun. Actually, it sounds like I wrote a new like a new pop hit and the way it's described by a radio DJ is a necro host banger. Yeah, that could be like a, a black metal band, I, guess, yeah. I think. Like on Halloween. Well, I'll have to wait till next year. Anyway, she works on that host. It's the stray, and she pulls out this satellite array from its brain, and she brings it to Bernard, and she's like, somebody's trying to sell secrets out of the park. We know who it is, James, though. We and You we and know, I know. We know the future, so we know who's doing it, dude. But this iteration of Bernard seems not to know. He seems yeah. genuinely shocked. Right. And because Robert Ford might be genuinely shocked by this news, he might not know either. Well, he knows now, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So back in the brothel, everyone's having a nice time, except for William, who doesn't like robot prostitutes. Him and Logan get into a little fight over whether, basically over whether or not Logan's uh, a bigger man than William, and William's a little bitch. Right. Like, this is where he basically tells William that you got the EVP job, it was a gimme, and you got picked because you wouldn't do anything, and uh, you're you're basically here because you're just a scapegoat. And then William hits Logan, or, like, tries to almost hit Logan, and then when he turns around, Dolores is gone. Right before this, the Confederate dude is was talking to, is talking to Lawrence a little bit. Lawrence is like, how about you go figure it out? And he's like, war is better than sex. And Lawrence is like, I don't think that's, like, those two don't, that, those are, that shouldn't affect one or the other. But, anywho, and then the Confederate dude, I think, says at some point, he's like, I'm, I'm glad there's a, um, there's a place in glory for a brown man who knows his rank. And Lawrence looks at him and he's like, <laughs> I am going to murder you. Which he eventually does. Right. Next episode. While they're fighting, nobody notices Dolores walking away. I hesitate to say she walks by another dong. Lots of dongs. And then she comes to a fortune teller who gives her a trippy vision. Weird. And, and it's a weird part of this episode. After she pulls a thread out of her arm, which is like that scene in Terminator 2. Right. She then looks up and the fortune teller is gone! Oh my god! What happened, James? What is it now? Isn't it her? Isn't it? I, I thought it was her. Wasn't I mean, she looking at herself or something? It was Arnold disguised as an elderly fortune teller. Oh my god, ghost in the Dolores. <laughs> we cut back to Lawrence filling caskets with nitroglycerin, slash slim, because he is in one of the caskets, and then he's filling uh, with the, he's filling the nitro with uh, tequila, too. He's putting them in the tequila bottles, right? Right, so nitro goes in tequila, and, no, nitro goes into corpses, and tequila goes into the nitro right, bottle. Right, there it is. The, the old, that, that old, that old... The old 
corpsey tequila switcheroo. Switcheroozles. It's been done hundreds of times. Oldest trick in the book. Right. And then Dolores kisses William here, man. The man in black gets kissed by Dolores for the first time, right? I think. Yeah, and this restores William's enjoyment of the park. Yeah, because he has a lady who likes him now. Who's not his fiance, by the way. Later on, when the Confederales are mad about the old tequila nigroglycerin they were, corpse, they were switcheroo. throwing it around. Remember, yeah. they, they were all just throwing it around, like, who <laughs> catch the nitro? And right. then one person drops he it. He dropped it. He's like, what? We're not dead. We're this not is such dead. a ripoff. I'm so mad we're not dead. And then they all turn around and they're like, we're going to kill all of you. Yeah, but Dolores activates badass mode. Yeah, she, McCree, high noons. And murders. And then, I think she says the line I hate the most in the entire season. Yeah, this I think this was meant to be, like, their, their season one line. It like, was. Oh, yeah, this is the line that, like, if you were putting a montage together of the first season, they would have played it four times over. Yeah, or if you were making, like, a trap remix of this music from Westworld, you would put it in there. I imagine! Story! 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 <laughs> damsel! Damsel! <laughs> Yeah, she says, I have imagined a story where I didn't have to be the damsel. I just, I just, I can't stand it. I, I, I get it. I get it. She's the one, and I get it. That's just, I don't like it. Right, but because they're cool now, they effortly escape, and they get on the train. Logan gets his ass beat down. Yeah, he gets beat, he gets his crap. And he's like, William, help me, because we're real people, and God. put our differences aside. Come he, on. Like. He does not help him. He looks at him, he's like, no, thank you. You said a mean thing to me, and I'm going to let you get beat up by robots. On the train, El Lazo gives them his real name. It's Lawrence. Oh my gosh. We know. We knew. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. You knew. It's why I knew. I was making it known. Dolores is acting a little weird. There's a map of the maze on the casket for some reason. I wonder if it's maybe not there. It's like augmented reality. Yeah. Arnold's in her brain. She's just seeing things to get to like actually get Lawrence to let them stay. She uh, points a gun at the at the casket, saying that she'll blow everything up. And Lawrence is like, I like your style. So it's like, they actually stay, and Dolores is still talking to herself. She says she's coming. Uh, and then it really feels like that's the end of the episode. Uh, but nope. We have one more showdown on our hands. Yeah, and, and what is, like... A middling, pretty good episode of Westworld is now totally elevated by this final scene. Yeah. So, they give us a payoff, basically. Yeah. And we walk into a a saloon of sorts. Yeah. Uh, we see the player piano is this time being played by an actual person. We only see their hands. We don't see who it is. Teddy Flood and the Men in Black uh, go to sit at a table... And they take a shot, and as they take the shot, Robert Ford walks over to the table, stands up from the piano, because he was playing James. The whole time. The whole time, it was him. And he came over, and uh, William slash the man in black, a thing we don't know yet, but we do know. That's how am I doing, Robert? Yeah, they basically just both pull their dicks out onto the table. Seriously. And... The man in black's like, yeah, I think that you're a shitty writer and you never came up with good bad guys, so I'm here to be the bad guy. Seriously. He basically says, like, because he he says to Robert, like, 
Will Wyatt stop me from finding the son of the maze? Robert asks him what he's hoping to find. And the Man of Black basically insinuates that if he wanted to know what this place was all about and if he wanted real answers, asking Robert Ford wouldn't get him those answers. He would have to go back in time before Arnold was dead. Basically saying, Robert Ford, you ain't, you ain't shit. Arnold was the real guy here who... Who knew all the good things, and then, you know, he got himself murdered. I don't yeah. know if William knows that or not. He but. says that Dr. Robert Ford is the Art Garfunkel, and sure. that, that Arnold was the Paul Simon. Right. He is both the Garfunkel and the Oats of the group. Dr. Robert Ford is Matt Stone, and Arnold is Trey Parker. Wow. I like both of them. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with both of them. And even that is not the end. There's one final... It's almost like a Marvel after credits scene at the very end wouldn't you say yeah no the, the when dolores said that final line there are actual three endings which isn't which isn't good right it's not a good way to structure an episode uh, they're good scenes but anywho yeah the felix is in the basement he's by himself he's back to work on his new bird something to give him a purpose in life just like what the man in black is looking for actually as Maeve kind of goes out of frame and we, we like, we zoom in on Felix, I remember the first time being like, I'm about to be scared. Right. But this is a cool scene. It's set up well. It's like super fast. It's like, on the table, up! Time for a chat. I got your bird. Right. She sat up at a 90 degree angle immediately and she says, it's time you and I had a chat. Um, and Felix is like, I guess I have to. You have my bird. Maeve will return in Avengers 3. Right, and then I write below, the Maeve and Logan are my rewatch MVPs. They're, they're the ones I like the most, for sure, right now. Uh, Man of Black sucks. And, although, which... Old and young. And, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like the younger version a little better. And that was, like, the best scene that we've seen from him in a long time. A scene that I didn't hate him in. Also, there was that one part where he reached for the, the knife, and then Teddy... Like, James Marsden, who's, like, weak and is bad, all of a sudden, not that way anymore, and grabs the knife right. before he might have... Do you think he would have actually stabbed Robert Ford in that moment? Uh, I wonder if he knows that Robert Ford is actually a host. Ooh. Or if he wanted to find out, even at the cost of, like, I don't we, know, we getting don't killed know. by Dr... Because if he had stabbed Dr. Robert Ford, he would be killed right. by hosts. He'd be ripped apart by hosts. Sure. And we still don't know if Dr. Robert Ford is a host. That's still something that can right. be true. We don't know if Anthony Hopkins is going to be in the second season of, of Westworld. And according to Anthony Hopkins, he still doesn't know if he's going to be in Westworld. How can that be? Aren't they shooting yeah, they it must, right now? He's in it and he doesn't even remember. No. Yeah, they either he has, I hope he's just lying. I hope it, I don't know if I hope he's in it. I mean, what would he, would, he would have to be not dead, or he would have to be in the past. And you know what? He's going to come back at the end of episode 10 in an after credit scene like a Marvel movie. Oh. And he's like, it was me the whole time. Ha ha. I'm also Arnold. I'm both <laughs> me and my twin. And Dolores was my twin sister. Right. We're all twins, and Bernard was my twin robot. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening, guys. If you like the show... You can hit us up on Twitter at Westworld Ryan, or you can write us at Gmail, the Westworld Podcast. 
And if you're really cool, you can leave us a positive review on the Apple Podcast app, which helps other people find the show. We're trying to expand our brand on a daily basis. A brand of Westworld podcasting. Monthly. Being the best Westworld podcast that happens sometimes. <laughs> being, I would say, the best Westworld podcast that is usually recorded half in Japan, half in America. This time specifically in the same place, which is just... Really hurt the quality. I and think. has made it much more special. <laughs> but when season two rolls around, you know, we're going to have the first podcast up every day. That's true. We always did. Yeah. That's our claim to fame. Right, because of the weird time schedule where, like, like it airs Sunday night and then we are recording. We, I go to bed right after it airs, wake up at 7 a.m. and we record right then and there. And you know what? It's almost always out. By, like, early Monday evening. Yeah, at fast. least. At least. <laughs> we look at us boasting about something that's Hey, not. you want it done well or you want it done fast? Fast, that's 100%. The, no quality whatsoever, James. I'm not I'm not one for quality. All right, we're going to cut out those, those final remarks. I'm, no, I'm a little too it. self-aware. I'm keeping it. All right. All right. I'm James. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast.